war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 106 <clears throat> on this uh, Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Great meal. You can sit outside. Boy, the Celtics, how exciting yesterday. And they are absolutely going to be uh, rocking with the they start the playoff start tomorrow night. Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. And you can check out all the action at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Break the Kill Road in Lincoln, right off of uh, Route 146. Well, folks, again, I want to play um, some sound regarding the um, shooting that took place in Buffalo that is just uh, absolutely... Horrific. Um, here's uh, the latest now. The Erie County Sheriff says the Buffalo shooter was flagged in high school of violent threat, released a day and a half later. You know, enough of that. He fell through the cracks. Should not have been able to purchase a gun. I agree with that. Listen to this. Flagged in high school for potential violence at his own graduation. That was only a year ago. Oh, my God. Correct. Could more have been done? So he was flagged uh, after making a comment from... Uh, his post-graduation project was murder-suicide. So state police uh, responded. Uh, he was taken to a um, mental health facility or health facility for a day and a half. As we know, we don't have the resources to deal with the uh, mental health epidemic that yeah. we're suffering in this nation. So, you know, he was released. Somehow, we're, we're going to say he fell through the cracks. Ah. But he should have been put on a... Uh, on the, uh, the next and uh, flag. Not to be- wow, his, his graduation project was a murder-suicide. Did I hear that correctly? Let me hear this again. Potential violence at his own graduation. That was only a year ago. A year ago. Correct. Could more have been What's done? What's wrong with you people? So he was flagged uh, Wake after up. making a comment from uh, his po- post-graduation project was murder-suicide. So state police uh, responded. Uh, he was taken to a... Um, mental health facility or health facility for a day and a half. As we know, we don't have the resources to deal with the uh, mental health epidemic that we're suffering in this nation. So, you know, he was released. Somehow, we're, we're going to say he fell through the cracks, but he should have been put on a uh, on the uh, on the mix and uh, flagged not to be able to purchase a gun legally. Wow. Holy cow. Whew. Let me uh, read. Ronald writes, um, Buffalo police should have let that loser commit suicide like he wanted to. Now he has all this protection, while the people he killed had none. <sighs> You're not wrong, Ronald. You are not wrong. I'm also announcing, um, let's see, the Nonviolence Institute. They're going to be holding a press briefing. Um, They're going to address the mass shooting in Buffalo. Five o'clock today. Mayor Jorge Elodia. Cedric Hutley and Commissioner Perry. All right, so we'll look at that. Maybe uh, Juan will be there for that. To denounce and condemn the racist behavior that occurred. Something has to be done. This is, I can't believe we just listened to. I mean, that's that's a lot even for me to, like, what? That was the senior project? I, I mean, so people, people knew that he should not, you know, that is someone. It, it's also, 
it's it's unacceptable to just say, well, you know, he fell through the cracks. I I don't. That's not falling through the cracks. That was a year ago. And what has he been doing for the past year? All right, I want to play, uh, boy, that interview with the locals. Whew. Boy, that is tough. Let me hear when that, um... All right, this is new audio coming out. Whew. What a disgrace. New York rep says it should be federal law criminalizing domestic terrorism. Um, I want to hear this. Here we go. Thinking about federal legislation, is there something with regard to access to firearms that can be done? Or perhaps uh, the responsibility of social media companies because some of, of what the, the suspect allegedly did was playing out online. Radicalized online, also discussing his actions online. Or are there components there that can be, is action that can be taken from Congress? All of the above. Uh, there's a social media component. There's a, a media component, a more traditional media component. Uh, there is an assault ban, uh, a, a ban on assault weapons. Uh, there is, uh, we should be, uh, uh, there should be a federal statute criminalizing uh, domestic terrorism of this nature. Uh, but the problem is, to get a law done, it's got to pass in the House, the Senate, and then signed by the President into law. And it's a difficult uh, uh, journey, but uh, I hope that this event, if it does anything positive, will serve as a basis from which uh, to give me. Something needs to, um, this, obviously the locals did not handle this the proper way. I mean, they, they just did not. And you heard the state police, hey, we did our job. Um, we, we, we did our job. We, we delivered them to the hospital the way we were supposed to. I want to hear, this is the Buffalo Council president. Make of this incident? How do we process it? You know, I think we have to be honest that this is pure, as has been said, pure evil, and that it is not every American. You know, I think what um, we have to remember is that this was one individual, but there are other individuals out there who believe the same garbage. It's that he believes into this minute. So I think the more honest we are about it, the more we then start moving to change. But we will never get to change without honesty. Wow. I mean, again, folks, um, President Biden mentioned the uh, retired officer who um, who did his best. Let me hear. This is also uh, President Biden is going to travel to Buffalo tomorrow. An 18 year old white man is accused of what police call an act of racially motivated violent extremism. Ten people were killed and three others were hurt. This was one of five mass shootings to occur in this country from Friday evening to Sunday night. We saw them in California, Texas, Wisconsin, and North Carolina, along with Western New York. In Chicago, where gun violence has become routine, five people were killed and 35 wounded in shootings over the weekend. President Biden plans to go to Buffalo tomorrow to meet with the community. Ed O'Keefe is at the White House. Ed, good morning. Well, good morning. All of those shootings you mentioned from over the weekend once again raise questions about what, if anything, should be done to curb the rise of violent extremism in this country or to regulate firearms. President Biden addressed a police memorial service Sunday here in Washington. He called for unity. He mentioned the shooting in Buffalo, but he didn't make any mention of gun control. He has taken some steps to crack down on gun violence through executive action. And just on Friday, he urged mayors and police chiefs to use some of the federal pandemic relief money they've received in the last two years to boost police and public safety budgets. But Democrats have been blocked from passing major gun control legislation for years. Notably, over the weekend, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said her chamber is going to try to take up legislation again in the coming weeks to combat domestic terrorism. But even so, whether it's shootings at flea markets, supermarkets, classrooms, churches, outside NBA games, or inside shopping malls, there is no sign that the White House and Congress are going to take meaningful action to address gun control or the rise of violent extremism anytime soon. You know, and I don't understand that because this is when something is then done. Now also, how about internationally? Finland has now announced that they're going to join NATO. Oh, it's just uh, it's just music. It's of course a concern. Here we go. We have today a historic day. 
threat from Russia is, of course, a concern. Uh, does joining NATO make Finland more vulnerable to that threat? The nuclear threat is very serious. I think that within NATO, actually, it gives us security when it comes to nuclear, because NATO also have nuclear uh, threat, nuclear weapons. Wow, this is huge. fact that they are joining in border show that they believe this is something that should have been done um, quite some time ago. Absolutely, quite some time ago. And how about the fact, folks, the um, Russia has lost a third of their military since a third since the war started. Yeah, that that attorney, Ben Crum. Hold accountable those who radicalize people into hate mongers. By the way, I'm also hearing we had an audio problem with the Facebook page. I apologize for that. Try to get to the bottom of it. Normally, we're able to um, figure out something like that. But this time, we did not. I want to go to... um, This is a CBS report about the victims in Buffalo. Listen to this. The names of the people who were either injured or killed, which include 13 people, they range in age from 20 to 86 years old. They include people like retired Buffalo police officer Aaron Salter, a security guard at Tops on the day of the shooting, as well as people like Ruth Whitfield, the mother of the city's retired fire commissioner. Many people here in Buffalo mourning and still in shock. Why this tops on this side of town? There's a reason why he picked this location. You have the black secluded to the east side. If you live over here, this is the only grocery store you really have access to. No one could have expected the chaotic scene that unfolded at this Topps grocery store in Buffalo. I couldn't get out the back door. I kept hearing them closer and closer. Kishanti Atkinson says she was working at the cash register when the gunman opened fire. She hid with co-workers in a back conference room and they barricaded the door with a table. So you're in there praying that he doesn't come? Yeah, and I, and I was I was instructing all my co-workers to just please be quiet so he won't hear us. The shooting started around 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. Police say the accused gunman had driven roughly 200 miles from Conklin, New York, to kill black people, and that he was spotted there Friday, the day before the shooting. If you ask me right now, is that kid I talked to on Friday racist? I would tell you no. Brady Lewis said he spoke to the suspected gunman for more than an hour that day outside the supermarket. He said the topics ranged from time travel to critical race theory. You think he would have tried to kill you? I don't know, because I obviously don't like black people, but I don't know if he would have shot me or not. Authorities called the alleged gunman a racially motivated violent extremist. He took my sister. He took my sister, my sister who I talk to every day. Among the victims is 72-year-old Catherine Massey, whose sister and niece took us into her home. I'm just saying we shoot some of her favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They told us she was a beloved pillar of the Buffalo community. Cat was our cheerleader. She was a matriarch. Yeah. She was... You need something, if she can do it, she would do it for you. We also spoke to Topps employee Zaire Goodman, who survived a gunshot wound to the neck. The 20-year-old chose not to be on camera. I can see you kind of bouncing up and down, and what's the emotion that you're feeling right now? mother calling her son's survival divinely orchestrated um and that's something a lot of people here will be leaning on to faith yeah a lot of them saying this place will never be the same others saying well it will never be the same it may actually be better they want to bounce back it's a resilient community you lived and worked here for three years it's it's very hard to summarize a place in just a few words but what would you want people to know about this area of buffalo i think it's known as the city of good neighbors and that's what you're going to see more of today people will be coming out um trying to make sure everyone's okay um i'm 
I'm talking to community organizers right now who are saying they want to make sure that grief counselors are on hand because this was a traumatic event. You had people watch people being murdered, oh. young people, a lot of folks right now just dealing with the violence um, and the threat. The threat that we continue to talk about, to see an 18-year-old sort of radicalized online over the period of the last two years during the pandemic, says a lot. And yeah. it says a lot about what we need to do as a country to move forward. You know, um, I, I'm not sure how this, something needs to be done about, see, the problem also is they, they lump everything in with social media. And it is these these chat rooms on, on Reddit that this demented individual uh went into now right excuse me folks right now it's um 122 on this monday you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com this next story i i <clears throat> i noticed they're having a press conference something happened in buffalo but there's no acknowledgement of something that happened Right in Providence, where a memorial in downtown Providence was vandalized. So let me, um, Channel 12 has a piece on this. I want to play this. Providence police investigating vandalism of a veterans memorial downtown. The monument is honoring nine Rhode Island Marines who were killed during the Beirut bombings back in 1983. Erica Ritchie is live there this morning. And Erica, what exactly happened? Well, Danielle, that's what Providence Police are working to figure out right now. All we know is that sometime over the weekend, the glass panes of two of the Marines that are honored at this memorial were smashed. You see one of them right over here, all the way down at the beginning of the monument is where the other one sits. The problem is that there are no surveillance cameras in this area, so cracking this case is going to require some good old-fashioned police work. So the monument was erected and dedicated back in September of 2020. It's fairly new. Uh, this is video from that dedication ceremony. It honors the nine Rhode Island Marines who were killed during the Beirut bombings in 1983, the single deadliest day for the U.S. Marine Corps since Iwo Jima in 1945, and the deadliest day for Rhode Island service members since the Civil War. Corporal Edward Soares Jr. and Sergeant Timothy Giblin are the two Marines whose glass panels were vandalized. And Sergeant Giblin's brother spoke at the memorial dedication back in 2020. And if his words then are any indication, news of this vandalism is tough to hear. It forces you to have to recall. This is there. And recall those memories is very difficult because to recall you have to relive it. And that's the most difficult thing of all. And of course, the families of these Marines will have to relive the loss again as they learned about this damage to the monument. And this damage comes just days after another memorial plaque here along the Providence River was vandalized. Graffiti was found on the plaque honoring one of the men who helped to develop and, and um, form the Providence, the Water Place Park area over here. Police were notified about that. That has since been cleaned up and police investigators are now looking into both of these vandalism incidents. That's the latest live in Providence. Richie, 12 news. You know, it should be, but notice nothing was done, really, and not a lot of attention was drawn after the first time that this happened. So, I don't know, um, this is a funny piece. So, Channel 12 is trying to help employers find workers. General Stanton in. Oh, they're hiring dishwashers. Yeah, that'll get the people coming out of the woodwork. A historic establishment, boutique style in in Charlestown. They need to hire dishwashers. <laughs> when does an inn or restaurant not have to hire a dishwasher? I mean, <laughs> see, and this is the problem. Like a Governor McKee will say, there's plenty of jobs out there. For those that want to work, there's absolutely plenty of jobs out there. No, they're actually, they're actually are not a lot. So... Um, so they're going to have the press conference, the shooting in Buffalo. You know, again, though, they, they're going to focus on last night. There was someone shot in Providence and he won't cooperate. But now they want the narrative that it's white supremacist. That it is white supremacists that are the real um 
the real problem in Rhode Island. And I want to be very clear. I, I'm not in any way downplaying with what happened in Buffalo. So by any stretch. But, uh, you know, I also want to play. We have the attorney, Ben Crump, who now will stand to make a fortune off this whole thing. What happened on Saturday was an act of domestic terrorism. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think I disagree with that. I want to hear. Um, was an act of domestic terrorism, and we have to define it as such. We can't sugarcoat it. We can't try to explain it away, talking about mental illness. No, this was an act of domestic terrorism perpetrated by a young white supremacist. There is no question about his intentions. And just like America responds to terrorism, America needs to respond to this act of bigotry, racism, and hate as a terrorist act. What happened? You know, they, um, I don't know enough about why that changes then the, the dynamic of, of what that would mean by declaring it that way. So, but there has to be something to it. That they want to um, change that. Now, on the flip side, Nancy Pelosi was yesterday, Speaker Pelosi on CNN, State of the Union with Dana Bash. Got to play, get to a place where we have babies crying in our country. They're hungry and their shelves are bare. I'm not sure what she means by that. In addition to all of this, we have to, in addition to all of this, we have to subject these companies to some scrutiny about the safety of this and and how we got to a place where we have babies crying in our country because they're hungry yeah. and the shelves are bare. We have to fill them immediately. You know, I I um President Biden, I, I just don't know how how they're not moving more on this whole thing. And, and they, they, how much longer do we have to hear about the, the supply chain shortage? The, su- the supply chain shortage. I mean, how, how long has that been going on? Um, folks, again, right now at 129, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Um, let's see. See, this isn't helpful. Liz Cheney says the House GOP leaders enabled white nationalism. You know, because of this, if white supremacy can do this, it can happen anywhere. That's a new headline right now. All right, I want to play um, some of the sound of, again, what happened in Buffalo, which is the national story, but it's Again, it's it's anything. Well, it can't be ignored. I mean, I'm trying to be realistic. It's certainly I'm not in any way suggesting that it it could be ignored. But let's also get the latest in Ukraine. This is uh, Ian Taylor. consistently. Here we go. Good morning, Robin. Russia has failed to achieve substantial territorial gains over the past month while sustaining consistently high levels of attrition. That's what the UK Ministry of Defense is saying. And it's not just on the battlefield that Vladimir Putin's war aims are going awry. This morning, the tide of battle shifting. The Ukrainian counteroffensive in the northeast successfully pushing Russian forces out of the areas surrounding Kharkiv. The Ukrainian military posting this video as they say they forced Russian troops to retreat back across the border out of Ukraine. Now Western military aid in the hands of the Ukrainians playing a crucial role as they take the fight to the Russians. These are U.S. howitzers, powerful and advanced artillery systems that will play a major role as the war rages on. The British Defence Ministry saying that so far, Russia's lost one-third of its ground combat forces that were initially committed to the invasion. Amid these losses, NATO saying Russia's been unable to reach their strategic goals in the country. They failed to take Kiev. They're pulling back from around Kharkiv. 
Their major offensive in Donbass has stalled. In another major blow to Russia, both Finland and Sweden are set to take the next steps to apply for NATO membership, massively expanding NATO's presence on Russia's border, something Putin was trying to avoid. Despite these setbacks, Russia moving forward slowly in parts of the east and pushing to take full control of the port city of Mariupol. This video released on Sunday by pro-Russian separatists shows fire attacks raining down on the Avastal plans where the last Ukrainian fighters in the city are holed up. An expert telling ABC News these are deadly incendiary munitions. Inside the plans, there's Ukrainian soldiers singing as explosions can be heard in the background. The song he's singing by the Ukrainian group Kalush Orchestra. Over the weekend, with over 200 million people watching, the group bringing home gold for Ukraine, winning the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, guys, despite all the Ukrainian successes of late, the costs to this country in terms of blood and treasure are enormous. We don't know the true number of war casualties, but they are mounting. They are significant. The damage to infrastructure is huge. And the situation in other parts of the country this morning remains bleak. Guys, you know, but it's the tide is um, is turning. I mean, this is certainly not the war. This is not the war that Putin thought he was going to have. All right, I want to get back to um, some of the coverage regarding um, with what happened in Buffalo. Because um, it's just terrific. And the story is not going anywhere, anywhere fast. If anything, you know, press conference this afternoon, Nonviolence Institute, Mayor Alorza, the police. So I want to hear this uh, Peyton Gendron. You know, he is the new Derek Chauvin. Because of this this uh, evil moron, the rest of us are going to have to pay for it. Oh, they have David Muir on scene. Robin, good morning. It is nearly impossible to wrap your head around the horror that unfolded here at this grocery store behind me. Community members are shopping on a Saturday afternoon when police say an 18-year-old in tactical gear who drove from his home hours away came here, did reconnaissance around this store, and we learned that a store manager saw him sitting on a bench outside the store camouflage here the day before, ah. asking him to leave, then coming back the next day, opening fire in the parking lot and then inside. Authorities say all of it, Robin, driven by racist hate. And just moments ago here, right here on the scene, the police commissioner telling us had the suspect not been caught, that he planned to continue his rampage right down Jefferson Avenue here in Buffalo. This morning, a demand for answers here after the deadly mass shooting at this supermarket in Buffalo, New York, that authorities say was driven by racist hate. This is an absolute racist hate crime. This is someone who has hate in their heart, soul, and mind. An 18-year-old gunman opening fire at this top supermarket around 2.30 in the afternoon Saturday, killing 10 people and injuring three others. Active shooter at the top. There's still shots being fired. This is the moment authorities arrested Peyton Gendron after he unleashed terror on shoppers and employees, starting in the parking lot and then continuing inside. Contact homicide. We have bodies down here. Officials say the gunman was wearing body armor and a tactical helmet and was carrying an assault-style rifle. They also say the shooter planned this, driving from a county several hours away to allegedly target a predominantly black neighborhood. He live-streamed the massacre, firing around 50 shots ah. before he was stopped. Zanetta Everhart, whose child was injured in the shooting, describing the horror. When the incident happened he was um helping out an, an older woman um in the parking lot with the cart zaire was um shot in his oh. lower neck area and it came out his back on the left side jennifer toops a young mother who was inside the store with so her cousin inside telling store. me she escaped through a back door yeah, i walked in Probably, I want to say two seconds before he came in. He, I just got around the corner. He didn't hear gunshots. So I ran down the aisle, went through, I saw the opening through the deli. And ran through the deli and ran out the back door. Her cousin hiding in a meat freezer after they got separated. Somehow, they both survived, knowing so many others. 
did not. When I went in the store, the lady was standing there. It was like she was looking down in her purse, like she was looking for a kid. And when I came out and she was there right there on the ground with the cart on top of her. And these were people you had just seen in front of the store. Yeah. When I walked in, they was alive. When I walked out, they was dead. Oh. That could have been me. That's all I could keep saying. That could have been oh. us. All 10 victims who lost Terrible. their lives now identified the youngest, Roberta Drury, just 32 years old. Many of the victims were active members of this community. 77-year-old Pearl Young, she was a churchgoer and a substitute teacher, her sister in mourning. I pray she had no pain. It happened so quick as she was gone like that. 86-year-old Ruth Whitfield, also killed, shopping after visiting her husband at a nursing home nearby. Her son, a former fire commissioner here in Buffalo, remembering his mother. Um, we're devastated. We're devastated. We're a very close family. Um, we're a very, very close family. Um, and my mother was the glue that held us all together. And retired police officer Aaron Salter Jr., who was working as a security guard at the store, losing his life after bravely taking on the shooter. I can't say enough about our retired fellow colleague, Aaron Salter, who confronted this individual to save the lives of others. But it was his battle with the gunman that allowed so many others to escape, as his friend told our Stephanie Ramos. I'm going to remember him as a person that I, I thought he was going to change the world. And, uh, and now he'll be just remembered as a person that saved lives. And I know people in this city will never forget what he did. President Biden condemning the attack. A lone gunman, armed with weapons of war and hate-filled soul, shot and killed 10 innocent people in cold blood. The gunman seen in court Saturday. This morning, he's now charged with first-degree murder, being kept behind bars on suicide watch, held without bail. His public defender pleading not guilty for him. This, as authorities dig through his past, officials searching his family home in Conklin, New York, interviewing his parents. It appeared that uh, his plans were to drive out of here and then continue driving down Jefferson Avenue uh, looking to uh, shoot more black people, um, as he put it, and uh, possibly even go to another store location. Oh. According to law enforcement, the suspect previously posted extremist views online, including a 180-page document fixated on replacement theory, a white supremacist belief that non-whites will replace white people. A sick, demented individual yes. who has fueled a daily diet of hate. Yep. The text also outlining a plan for his attack, including praise for other mass shooters. And authorities here say some of the names of those shooters on his gun. Authorities yeah. revealing the suspect was investigated last June after threatening a shooting around the time of his hometown high school graduation. State police took him into a local hospital for a mental health evaluation. But no charges were ever filed. He was just this quiet, smart kid that I wouldn't think could be able to do anything like what he did yesterday. And you heard the police commissioner telling us here this morning that they have now uncovered evidence that the suspect did plan to keep going in this neighborhood after this store. That young mother, by the way, Jennifer Tooks, somehow finding that back exit of the store, told me she will never forget seeing that elderly woman on her way in, passing her in the parking lot on a typical Saturday afternoon, only to find her when she came out lying in that parking lot, her oh. shopping cart right next to her. She said she will never be able to get that woman out of her mind, George. So horrific. Okay, David. Again, uh, folks, I, the, the, where the fallout is going to come on this is um, we don't even know just yet. We don't even know just yet. But I think, um, well, what you, you already heard, you know, this, this element that somehow the replacement theory is out there and it's accepted and that. I am anxious. Someone who's who's been under fire for it is, in fact, Tucker Carlson. And again, I'm going to say I think they're conflating it because there's a big difference between saying I think they're allowing illegals to register to vote. In this business that somehow then, I, I don't understand how that translates to someone to think they're going to go and, and kill um, 
people of color. I don't get that, but maybe we're not supposed to understand it. I also just want to read this. I keep thinking about Elon Musk saying he wants to bring President Trump back to Twitter. Um, having him and his supporters on Truth Social is worse than having a single forum where we can debate. Twitter is a platform for debate. The limited character crowds threading, blah, blah, blah. Broadcast your opinions to the lead audience, but are powering as journalists who are trying to influence each other. Well, um, Amber Heard blames Johnny Depp's bed poo on dog. I don't know what to make. Then you also, and job, Biden's job approval rating hits new low in NBC poll amid inflation, gas high prices. I mean, at what point does this become just impossible? Now, despite all of that, I do not believe 39% of Americans support Biden's job in the White House. He's not running again in 24. 56% disapprove. New low, less than 18 months. Um... Bob McNiff, who helped conduct the survey, Americans are telling this as bad as 2008. It's a flashing red light when you see a number like this. 75% of those polled said the country's headed in the wrong direction. 75%. And, the, but the fact is, locally now, they have to tie that in. They have to tie in. The Republicans need to tie that into Governor McKee and tie him in with Biden. I don't see enough of an effort to do that. And therefore, thereby, it's almost as if, you know, Governor McKee gets gets a, a pass on his on his poor numbers. Whereas, you know, what's interesting is whether it's Alan Fung or anyone else or the Republican candidate, Ashley Kalis, um, they, they're constantly asked about President Trump and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. But no one no one will ask them about Biden. Now, here's something. Manager says suspect was asked to leave Buffalo supermarket one day before the shooting. A manager at the Buffalo supermarket that was the target said he asked him to leave the location the day before. She spotted the 18-year-old sitting on a bench outside the supermarket for more than an hour. Camouflage outfitted on the same during the shooting. She asked him to leave due to complaints from regular shoppers adding he did leave without he did leave without no incident no that's a double negative he he left without incident um this manager that asked him to leave she escaped through the back door of the supermarket when she saw him again wow i saw him with his gear on his gun how it all strapped down i saw all the bodies it was just a nightmare they're saying a heat crime i don't i don't know if that's strong enough Gendron targeted black customers and employees at the grocery store. Conklin, New York. He's been charged one count of first-degree murder in connection with the shooting. The attack raises questions and concerns about racially motivated domestic terrorist attacks in the U.S. This is, the, I'm telling you right now, this is not going away anytime soon. The question is, is this going to lead to violent protests? How about McDonald's is severing ties after 30 years with Russia? Whew. You know, that is... Florida man drowns after falling out a motorized wheelchair into a pool. The man's wife jumped into the water and tried to save him. Um, they... um. I'm curious about that. Are they going to let people riot and destroy property to get rid of rage? Are they going to uh, are they going to allow that? 
is what I mean, locally or nationally. Listen, these protests, there's no way these protests are going to remain peaceful. I mean, we're, we're approaching prime season here, right? We're approaching, um, I mean, it's mid-spring. The whole thing with George Floyd, that, that happened Memorial Day weekend. I mean, late May, June, July, August, September is protest season. So I think a question is, um, I think the question is, locally, is Mayor Alorza again going to allow BLM protesters to riot, light fires, loot, and destroy break windows in downtown Providence? They're having a press briefing later. Trying to figure out logistics. Um, Tucker Carlson is definitely under attack, but I'm not, I, I think they're conflating two different things. All right. Regarding this, uh, folks, tomorrow's a huge day in the Pennsylvania Senate GOP primary. Kathy Barnett, who was just rocketed, did an interview. She said she went to Washington as a law-abiding American, then went home. Wanted to hear if there was a plan. She would not get into detail about the activity that day. Well, a lot, a lot of law-abiding people A lot of law, um, people that were law-abiding, law-abiding, excuse me, they, they also left without incident. You know, there, there were, there were 100,000 people and 500 got arrested. You know, that, that's less than 1%. If you, if you want to really talk about the numbers, that's less than, that's less than 1% that actually ended up. Now, I think, though, something to watch. And again, folks, good afternoon at 148. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. President Biden is offering formula manufacturers and retailer transport logistics support to ease the nationwide shortage of baby formula. Too late, though. Too late. Um, I think there's, there's going to be two... Some different parts under attack. One is, listen, Tucker Carlson's very powerful. Tucker Carlson's the most sh- sh- uh, watched show on television. And there, because of this uh, shooting in Buffalo, there's really going to be a focused attempt to try to take him down and take him off the air. Without question. He's going to be under attack and Fox is going to be under attack. I'm not, I'm not uh, saying he had anything to do with it. There should be any blame. It doesn't matter. The left, they, they will lie and just try to, you know, bring him in. In wake of the Buffalo shooting, Representative Liz Cheney said House GOP leaders enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. Um, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But I, I did notice yesterday on the Sunday shows that they immediately started tying in. That's a great shot of uh, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell with uh, President Zelensky. Hey, that's brave. That is absolutely brave. But um, let me, I want to hear this. Uh, Pierre Thomas and John Cohen, former head of counterterrorism, they talk about we have, they have to do a better job at understanding how they're using the internet to spread the, the content. Let me hear just a little bit of this. Department of Homeland Security is head of counterterrorism. I know this was on your radar every single day of your tenure. That's right, George. I mean, we should all... 
be sad by what happened in Buffalo, but we shouldn't be surprised. This is exactly what, as Pierre said, the FBI and DHS have been warning the American people about for the last several years. This was a lone offender who used violence as a way to express his anger and whose anger was fueled by the extremist content that he found online. Um, this is the threat. Uh, individuals who are spending a lot of time online, they're viewing content that's being placed there by foreign intelligence services, foreign terrorist organizations, domestic violent extremist thought leaders. Uh, they use that content as a way to validate their use of violence and they're going out and they're committing mass murder. This white replacement theory is broadcast on our airwaves. Uh, is there anything can be done to stop this? We heard Governor Hochul say social media companies have to be held accountable. There's a lot more we can be doing. There's a lot more we are doing. We have to do a better job in understanding how uh, foreign and domestic threat actors are using the Internet to spread uh, content that's intended to inspire acts of violence. We have to do a better job in incorporating that knowledge into our security planning. And quite frankly, we have to do a lot more at the community level to make sure that those people who are exhibiting behaviors, who are exhibiting the warning signs, uh, are uh, addressed, whether it's through arrest and prosecution or through mental health support uh, or other, some other type of violence prevention strategy. No, I'm already seeing folks, and again, good afternoon on this Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, it, it immediately, I thought over the weekend, it's a matter of time, and now here they are, they're already doing it. MSNBC host compares Buffalo supermarket shooter to Kyle Rittenhouse. Wow, I can't believe some of these people. This is what happens when we make Kyle Rittenhouse the hero and Colin Kaepernick the villain. Um, I want to um, I, I want to see if I can find the sound of that of this MSNBC host. Oh yeah, there he is. Nope. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, was it done in a tweet? Oh, okay. That's where it was done. Let's see. MSNBC host legal contributor Katie Fang compared white supremacist shooter to attack to Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, how long till the Buffalo shooters partying at Mar-a-Lago, she wrote. <laughs> she then chimed in with Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, that, that is completely different. Not, not that it matters, but completely different as a matter of fact. Kyle Rittenhouse was attacked. He went to keep the peace. It is a racist hate crime. It absolutely is a racist hate crime. How long before he's partying at Mar-a-Lago? That's a good one. Um, Let's see. Well, tomorrow night, Channel 12 releases the first poll. Um, And good for the Rhode Island Republican Party filed an ethics complaint against that Rep uh, Tubin. And I like that they... Um, they misspelled his name on the tweet. It's Tuos. There's Bishop Tobin, and but he's Tubin, as in T-O-O. Huh, can these people ever get out of their own way? Uh, but tomorrow night, as I was saying, Channel 12 releases their first poll with Roger Williams. Who is that? The RA Cav. So there should be some protests coming up. Um, safe thoughts and prayers with Buffalo. There you go. That goes a long way. Uh, the the Channel Twelve thing on that. It's it's Tubin. Bishop Tobin, but Rep Tubin. Oh, that's right. They had more protests in Providence over the weekend with the to get everybody fired up for the big fall midterm campaign.
Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. That was um, an incredible, incredible Celtic win yesterday. It really was. Uh, And this should be a great series with the Heat. But you can check out all the action in the lounge. They'll have it on. At the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakdown Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, it's Rep. Carlos T-O-B-O-N. T-O-B-O-N. How did the Republican Party misspell it? Oh, my God. What is wrong with them? T-O-B-I-N. <laughs> Talk about the gang that can't shoot straight. Feel free to, like... No one can do that. God, just sloppy. I mean, I'm listen, I'm glad they filed an ethics complaint. But now also Channel 12 tonight. Talk to experts. Increase in reports of inappropriate behavior between school staff and students. Well, you know, that goes to the the naked fat test. And the people that laugh along with it. And give them cover and basically say, you know, there's there's nothing to see here. It's perfectly acceptable and normal for a young man to go into a closet and then have the coach in there with him touching his privates and then saying, now, are you are you shy or not shy? I mean, that's that's one of the problems with that whole thing. So, but it, it, it is not. It also, there is without question, there is hesitancy. It, it, it's not against the law in Rhode Island for there to be um, relationships between teachers and students and that only adds to it it this should be it should be not allowed but it is allowed um and 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 it's the teachers unions that protect them it's the teachers unions that fight the legislation and it's not always people might think it's a well look at the the north kingstown situation that was young men and it's it's horrendous. The adults that let them down, let down the young men and didn't do anything about it and allowed it to permeate and go on. And I want to remind people, it's also atrocious that you had complicit members of the media that laughed it off, that said it was all perfectly acceptable, that there's nothing wrong with it and blah, blah, blah. And. You know, there's something wrong with that aspect of it as well. So I'm looking forward to that piece as well. Now, again, tomorrow, President Biden goes to Buffalo. And you're going to see now, you know, there's going to be a lot of protests going on as far as between the Supreme Court and now all the talk of white supremacists. But but something needs to be done. Something has to change where this 18-year-old was on their radar. No one did anything. And then he drives. First he was there Friday, and then he went back Saturday, and that's when it, it happened. Listen, it's John DiPietro. Thank you for tuning in on this Monday. I'd like you to um, invite you to stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. And then you're going to hear the John Dion program. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Enjoy this Monday. We are back on the radio tomorrow at 11.